Hello and welcome to Staying the Course, a podcast on navigating the challenges of part-time study and lifelong learning. If you are new to the channel, do subscribe if you find this helpful. Today, I'm truly honored to welcome our guest, Professor Dr. Abdul Karim Alias, Professor of Food Technology at the School of Industrial Technology, University Science Malaysia or USM. Prof. Karim is also Director of the Center for Development of Academic Excellence at USM. He's been teaching at USM for more than 27 years, and he's a prominent advocate of lifelong learning. Assalamualaikum, Professor Karim. How are you? Waalaikumsalam, Saudara Asrif. Thank you for having me in your program. Alhamdulillah. Thank you so much for making your time, Prof. In this episode... I will be speaking to Professor Karim about the emergence of micro-credentials as a new form of learning or skills acquisition. We are interested to understand how micro-credentials have shifted the world of higher education altogether, especially coming out of the pandemic. We are also keen to learn how micro-credentials will shape the way that we learn for the long term. On that note, Prof, I'll begin. Yeah, sure. Okay, so my first question is based on your experience and your strong advocacy of online learning throughout your career. At the moment, when I last look at your YouTube channel, Professor, uh, you have more than 7,000 subscribers and you've made um, your content and ideas highly accessible across your website. What is your main motivation in driving this course? Yeah, thank you, Saudara uh, Ashraf. Once again, thank you very much for having me. Well, <clears throat> that is actually the one of the questions um, commonly asked uh, to me. What drives uh, me to have this YouTube channel with educational content mainly? Uh, I do have some personal content as well, but very, very few. Um, well, the, the, the answer to that is pro- perhaps sounds very cliche. <laughs> <laughs> it's all driven by, by my interest, my great deep interest in technology and also um, anything related to uh, creating digital content. And, and it, it started as long as I can remember uh, when I started my master's uh, I did my master's in food process engineering in the mm. uh, University of Reading. Mm. Uh, that was in 1988. And um, at that time, probably you, you know that there is the, the early day of computer, yeah. Uh, yeah. computer technology. Uh, the internet is probably still very, very basic. Mm. And uh, I remember when after I finished my master's, I have what, three months before I started my PhD. So I worked in the factory for three months, saved enough money to buy my first computer, a Macintosh single drive. <laughs> so I wrote the story, a complete story of my journey in online, online education, especially online learning in a long blog article. Um, why I love online learning so much. So... It's on Medium platform, uh, which is ah. a blogging platform called Medium. And I have that one article that I wrote to describe 
the, the, the story of my journey in online education. Mm-hmm. So in, in other words, um, the, the passion and the interest already started uh, around that time. And when I was doing my PhD, I basically in, in, the, in the university, I was known as one of the, <laughs> the, the, the wizard, the computer wizard. So anything related to computer people, especially Malaysian will, will find me, will, will, you know, will get me to, to help them. Then came back to join USM in 1994. And uh, at that time, uh, the internet is still also very basic. <clears throat> But I started my first website. Uh, I have to learn HTML to, to do the website. Mm. So I started creating content as early as I can remember when I joined USM in the form of um, website. So I remember I have one website called One Stop Learning, One Stop E-Learning, E-Learning mm. Center. So that was a very comprehensive uh, website. And even um, uh, there, are pro- there were professors from US in distant learning or ODL, Open Distant mm. Learning uh, University. They came to Malaysia for sabbatical uh, in one of the universities in Kuala Lumpur. Then they emailed me. They, they wanted to see me in Penang. So they, they, they flew to Penang. It's husband and wife. Both are professors. Uh, professors in distant learning. <laughs> They wanted to see me because they came across my website and they said, your website is very, very useful, very comprehensive, very useful for people who you know, want to learn more about e-learning. Mm. So they thought that uh, they thought that I am in actually the distant learning educator, you know, the, the lectures teaching in distant education, you know, distant learning. Mm. So they were surprised when they, they learned that I, I am uh, actually food technologies, not, <laughs> not from education background, not from distant learning background. So um, I started creating content in the very basic form, in the form of website. Mm. Then I started blogging. Uh, I write about issues about education, teaching and learning especially. And then um, when YouTube came around, uh, I, I didn't realize initially, but then uh, I think around 2009, then I, I, I started to use content from YouTube for my teaching. Mm. Then I, I realized uh, there's very, very little, at that time, very little content in, uh, contributed by Malaysian. I see. By Malaysian. I see. I see. Very, very little content. And uh, let alone in Bahasa, in Bahasa Malaysia, which until now, I think still relatively very low. Hmm. And uh, that is the time when I started to create my content in YouTube. So my, my YouTube channel actually started in 2009, hmm. uh, if I'm mistaken, yeah, in 2009. So, uh, and, and since then, I, uh, I didn't uh, look back, lah, basically. Yeah, so exactly. I continue to create content on YouTube. So that's the video format or the video content. Then uh, I continue to create content in the form of writing, hmm. uh, blog in blog blogging uh, website I create a few websites uh, some of it has been discontinued and um, my presentation the PowerPoint presentation mm. I upload to slideshare so if you if you google my name probably you will see my so-called food 
digital footprint. Yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> everywhere yeah. uh, in many different platforms. The yeah. idea is, uh, you know, I want to make my content, digital content, available as much as possible, widely accessed, because the uh, the main thing which drives me to do this is about sharing. Yeah. So to answer your questions, actually, it's a passion, mm. and the, the 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 desire to share, mm. to share my, my my whatever little knowledge that I have, mm. you know. We, we only have, we don't have that much, you know, uh, knowledge. So whatever little knowledge we have, we should share. And um, because I believe, and that now become my mission, mm. become my, for the rest of my life, I want to find time to create as much content as possible and make it available through as many platforms as possible. Mm. So that, um, of course, hopefully people can benefit from it. Mm. And hopefully I can use that as my so-called my my bekalan lah uh, for for the hereafter mm. uh, that I can bring for for the hereafter. So that's basically uh, hopefully answer your question, uh, saudara Asri. Yes, definitely. And I take inspiration from your intent of sharing for the hereafter because I think we'll never know where the knowledge. Would, would go mm. and how it will be practiced and how it benefits society. Yes. Um, yeah, on that note, um, uh, Prof, my next question is shifting a bit on the formal form of learning um, mm-hmm. that we have adapted as coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic, whereby both work and study have migrated into a virtual environment almost overnight. Where everybody had to adapt uh, in an accelerated manner. We are now in the verge of recovery and uh, some campuses have opened and some hybrid classroom have uh, coming out of, out of this result. From your experience, and, and, and you have a head start in a way <laughs> in doing online teaching and learning, how do you think this experience of online education will shape the future of learning, especially in uh, higher education? Yes, I think uh, the pandemic in many ways has brought about um, a different, a different um, perspective. And it's really... Um, expose in a way the weaknesses in the way we deliver uh, our our teaching and, and learning in the classroom because i think for a long time uh, most of our educators are so used to face-to-face environment and of course um, many of our educators have embarked on so-called blended learning flipped yeah. classroom where the online there's, a, there's an online part of it. But um, I feel that the blended learning that we, that we have been doing prior to the pandemic uh, is, is not very, it's not very strong. I see. Uh, it's not very impactful. Mm. Because, uh, some, you know, the, the online portion is not being given proper attention in terms of the design, the delivery, to make it very meaningful. Mm. But come pandemic, and yes, uh, Personally, uh, for myself, 
it's just uh, naturally uh, <laughs> I, I transition almost naturally no no issue for me at all mm. but for a lot of people for a lot of people uh, there was a lot of struggle yes. so they have to shift from a very familiar environment face to face to online they have to grapple with a lot of issues technical especially and uh, technical is one thing the other thing is the design part how to design the learning experience from face to face to online so yes. there are a lot of issues uh, but again there's a um, i think uh, because of the the need and the urgency uh, like it or not they have to learn they have mm-hmm. to learn a new a new skill a new skill set a new tool set yeah um but after some time many i think many of us thought that it was very short temporary but <laughs> it turned out we are still in the in the pandemic and still a lot of uh, still very much we are doing online um, online learning now so i think there's there's a kind of a change in mindset as well so there's a mind shift as well where educators now has embraced technology or accept accepted the fact that we are we have to do online learning you know Uh, it's a it's a long haul yeah so we have to accept the fact that this is a new culture of learning so therefore we need to learn a new a new way of deliver our teaching and learning so some people ask me uh, after pandemic maybe you know we will go back to face to face so they ask me whether many of the many of educators teachers lecturers and so on Mm. will now abandon whatever mm. they have learned in you know in the online delivery and mm. go back to the old you know the old way of doing things in face to face so my answer to that um, is it i'm quite optimistic that after they have seen the so called the power of technology mm. and how it can enrich the learning experience of the students I'm sure I'm sure they will appreciate how much actually technology can be used to complement what they can what they do in a face to face so it will be it will be such a waste if we go back to the normal so called new normal face to face class if they don't leverage the power of technology and whatever that they have learned the skill set that they have learned mm. to enrich to complement to add value so that's the keyword is about enriching and adding value uh, to the uh, to the face to face classroom so uh, moving forward to answer your question just now yeah. i think um, the the pandemic uh, has uh, changed even transform mm. uh, the way we do things uh, in the classroom and the way we uh, design and deliver uh, the curriculum uh, the the teaching and learning mm. and the beneficiary is of course our students but of course having said that after almost 2 years mm. i i still see there's a lot of room for improvement in terms of the skill set it's not about learning the tools the tools can be learned easily Mm. but it's about how to use the tools more effectively 
to integrate the technology seamlessly into the course design, into the lesson design, lesson plan, and to really uh, realize the, the value and the power, leverage the value and the power of technology to uh, provide the best learning, the memorable, impactful learning experience for the student. Mm. Uh, I'm very hopeful that moving forward, whatever events uh, in the future, our lecturers, our teachers, our educators will be more ready or even ever ready. Uh, I, I, call, I call it a future ready, future proof kind of educators, future ready and future proof students and future uh, proof kind of uh, education uh, system for Malaysia. Mm. I see, I see. So, um, I was in a lecture the other day um, uh, with the spider cam that detects where the lecturer and when he or she is, is speaking. I was quite amazed <laughs> with the technology because um, it, it tries to emulate as much as possible uh, the experience of being there in the classroom where although I'm 6,000 miles away. Um, yeah, so a uh, new experience even for the learner. And like you said, even after two years, how we effectively use a tool is still the key differentiator on how um, the experience is, is uh, enriched. Yeah. Um, yeah my question now is on USM, whereby USM have partnered with Open Learning to de in developing micro-credentials uh, at, at USM, which is the heart of our conversation today. So I was looking at the list of modules, and I think it's a very, very diverse range of uh, topics from project management uh, all the way to health and, and medicine. And I think the beauty of it is the, the accessibility and also the, the empowerment that it gives to the learner in choosing what's really relevant and focused and targeted. Um, how has the reception been um, of, the, of the program, uh, Prof? And, and what's your long-term aspiration uh, for micro-credential at USM? Well, um, the, the, the reception in, um, on um, one, I think there are two aspects here. One is on the, our staff, our own uh, USM academic staff. How mm. do they uh, how do they see micro-credential and how do they respond uh, to this big agenda of USM? Uh, the other one is how the public or the stakeholders uh, you know, receive the, the micro-credential program from uh, USM. A lot of people still um, do not know much about micro-credential. Yeah. Uh, even among even among the academia and also among the industry, uh, in the LND learning and development uh, mm. industry, uh, it's still a new thing uh, as far as Malaysia is concerned. But not so new things. I think uh, uh, in 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 other countries, especially in US, yeah. Europe, Australia. Um, but basically, um, any any new endeavors, new things. There will be um, people who are skeptics, uh, people who are quite resistant to change because it's a new idea because they, they do not know what is it. So that's normal. Mm. Uh, therefore, uh, the buying in always has to happen first. 
And uh, in as far as USM is concerned, uh, I have been actually um, talking about micro credential since 2018. Wow. If I recall correctly, yeah, if I remember correctly, since 2018. And at that time, uh, in 2018, uh, even at the national level, uh, in, in other people in the academia still do not, they, you know, do not know much or don't, you don't talk about micro-credential. At that time, still MOOC, MOOC is still M-O-O-C, Massive mm. Open Online Concert, is still the so-called buzzword. Mm. Uh, 2014, so, and I was also involved heavily in, in MOOC I see. Uh, by ministry. Yeah. But um, 2018 in USM, we start the initiative. We started the initiative in 2018, but very, very small level. Mm. And uh, we do our soft launch of micro-credential, if not mistaken, in 2019, early 2019. Mm. But still, um, it, does, it doesn't really kind of um, take off uh, very much until 2020. So um, that's mm. a time when uh, we, we have a new leadership yes. and uh, our new vice chancellor now. Uh, previously, also our Dato Asma uh, pushed very hard to mm. make this happen. I see. Because micro credential is actually just an online program. Mm -hmm. The only difference is uh, we um, we we um, we unpack, unbundle the concept of unbundling or unpacking the the course or the curriculum. Let's say one whole program mm. um, into a small modular unit. And each one will have, uh, you know, it's a standalone micro, uh, module that anyone can take for uh, upskilling, professional development, for upskilling or reskilling or for a lifelong learning, you know, for personal development. Mm. And uh, they will go through the module, do all the activities, complete the assignment. And at the end of that, after they have successfully completed, they will get a digital badge. Mm. This digital badge is actually uh, as a recognition of an evidence of what they have learned and the competency they have achieved. Mm. But uh, in, in USM, initially, as I said, uh, the buying in, uh, to, in order to, to get a buy in, I did a very kind of uh, very uh, intensive uh, roadshow. I see. I went to the different school, we call mm. it school in USM, uh, their, their department, to do the briefing and convincing them, you know, to do mm. the convincing uh, and make them understand why we should embark on micro credential, the what, the why, and only later on the how. So those are the stages. And um, how this uh, micro credential will. Um, uh, in, in the future will, will grow and uh, the, the, the direction. I think um, if people realize that micro-credential is a game changer mm. because the idea about micro-credential is you can deliver uh, any program. It, it can be the existing academic program, accredited academic program in the university, or it can be also, you know, for a uh, program for upskilling, reskilling, for professional development. Uh, for the industry, um, the idea is we can make <clears throat> we can make the program very flexible. 
So the 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 selling point here is about the flexibility of micro-credential program. The idea of micro-credential is to cater for those people that are now working in the industry or in, in any uh, you know, government agencies and so on, mm. but they want to continue their education. Some of them probably do not have a degree. Mm. They only have SPM, STPM or diploma mm. and they aspire to get a degree. Yeah. So now they can, well, the option that we have before this, they can go for ODL program. Yeah. Open, uh, open distance, uh, open distance learning program. But the ODL program, in a way, is flexible, but not flexible enough. Not flexible enough. We want to make it even more flexible, mm. because this is how the micro credential actually designed uh, to enable people to take to take it uh, module by module. Then they can bundle them, stack them together through the so-called stackable credential stackable credential uh, pathway mm. and in the end they can take the whole set of module in the program mm. and that program can lead to the full qualification mm. full degree qualification diploma or mm. even masters and it is now uh, possible to do that now because mqa has come up with a guideline for the micro credential i see so I see. the flexibility accessibility uh, learning on demand concept. In a way, uh, the, the easiest way to understand about micro-credential is to look at what Apple has done to music industry. Okay. iTunes, the concept of iTunes. Mm. So uh, I always use this metaphor because very easy to understand. <laughs> yeah. the, old days, the old days, if you like one or two songs from one album, you cannot just buy those songs that you like. Yeah. You have to buy the whole album, right? Yeah. But in the whole album, there are probably, I don't know, 12 songs, usually mm. 10 or 12 songs. But mm. maybe the only one song that you really like. Yeah. But you have, yeah. to pay, you have to pay for the whole album. Yeah. No choice. Yeah. Just like now, if I enroll in a degree program four years, mm. I have to pay for the whole four years. And I have to complete 120 credits, eight semesters, mm. nothing less than that, in order to get a full degree. Mm. So this is a so-called traditional education program that we have now. It's all or nothing. Yeah. If you, let's say, quit mm. on the seventh semester, you have already 100 credit in your, you know, in your collection. Mm. And you quit then 100 credit that you have has no meaning yeah it, it you know because you you don't complete the whole program so you don't get anything it's nothing so steve job was very very clever he said why should i buy the whole album if i can mm. buy only one or two songs that i like from the album yeah so the, the concept of unbundling the help the album mm. and give a choice and the freedom to the consumer to buy to the uh, to buy what only song that they like and this is the same idea of micro credential we unbundling the whole curriculum and we can offer it as a standalone module mm. uh, so 
and uh, that's actually for accredited academic program but for uh, professional development program lifelong learning program uh, we don't have to worry about that but you know we can design and this will make it uh, uh, flexible and affordable for people to take my credential program for the purpose of lifelong learning yeah. uh, personal development professional development upskilling reskilling so that's what my credential is about and alhamdulillah in usm mm. after we, we started seriously uh, in 2020 yeah. in uh, that was in the uh, yeah, 2020 we started in 2019 but seriously in 2020 and suddenly we have this pandemic uh, yeah. lockdown mm. so that's there was a setback but we continue we keep pushing Mm. And Alhamdulillah, so far we have uh, around 300 plus uh, micro-credential module that we have developed. And those that you see on the platform, uh, those are the completed one. I see. And uh, in terms of acceptance of the public, uh, I, I, I can say that so far uh, two programs that already um, kind of um, selling. Mm. One is a nursing program. And this nursing program, the customer is all the 100,000 plus nurses in Malaysia. Wow. Because okay. they take this one for CPD. Okay. Because they have to, to take a certain CPD point in order for them to, um, to, to, what? to, to practice. Okay. And the other one that we have rolled out recently um, is by School of Pharmaceutical Science. Mm. And these are the modules for pharmacists. I see. Because professional pharmacists, again, just like nurses, they have to take a CPD in order for them to practice as pharmacists. So we, this program, we partner with uh, um, Malaysian Pharmacists MPS, Malaysian Pharmacists Society, MPS. So MPS, under MPS, all the pharmacists in Malaysia have to register the registered pharmacist under this MPS, so they can take this module for their uh, professional development. Mm. And uh, those are the two programs that are currently running, but we are excited now, waiting for another, this one, a very big one, uh, a bachelor degree program. Okay. Uh, fully in micro-credential format. Okay. And we will offer this program, we will roll out this program mm. for one big industry in Malaysia. See. Uh, so we are, we are working on it now. We, hopefully we will sign the MOA very soon. And uh, this is a big one. And probably the one unique example that we can use to showcase how we can offer micro-credential program for the whole bachelor degree program, the four-year mm. program. Yeah, so that's what uh, currently the status of uh, USM Microcredential. I see, okay. I see. Wow, I did not. Uh, <laughs> thanks for sharing that development. I did not yeah. know that it could be extended um, to a bachelor's uh, degree. Even to master's. Yeah. So, Even to so, master's. Yeah. yeah, so so because the one that I've seen before is Microcredential being stackable going to a master's. Yeah. But to yeah. do it on the bachelor's degree, I think that's quite extensive. And um, I think that illustrates the trailblazing or the fourth 
USM being at the forefront of leading this micro credential under your your leadership as well. I, I, I just, can tell you the the bachelor program one the the bachelor program is very complicated. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> we have been working on it for almost two years now, and uh, still working on it uh, to look at how best to unbundle and to make sure the the alignment of the program outcome mm. so that the quality of the micro-credential and the quality of the face-to-face normal traditional program is equivalent, mm. not nothing less than, you know, we, so we cannot compromise on the quality. So that is where the complexity of designing uh, the to make it into the modular level. It's not easy. Mm. I can tell you it's not easy. Uh, but of course, uh, with that, uh any anything you know when we embark into new thing we have to be prepared to go through that yeah when we when we blaze the trail mm. can you imagine if you enter a, a virgin jungle uh, if you are used to go into thick jungle uh, yeah uh, which during my childhood uh, that's part of my life uh-huh. so to to trail to blaze the trail oh is so hard because uh, <laughs> the, the, the jungle is very dense same thing here <laughs> yeah yeah so you know the reason that i'm so uh, encouraged to 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 hear about this um micro credential ending up as a bachelor's degree is because my own reading of it has only been on the micro masters uh, modules that that edX uh, had, had offered in, in, in collaboration with uh, some of the universities now so which brings to my next question which is the emergence of micro credentials and previously MOOCs as well is seen as a potential competition to traditional higher education degrees there's cost effectiveness there's accessible and rich and there's also scalability What's your view in this development? Is there a point of convergence or will there be an increase of um, uh, micro-credentials replacing the traditional method of uh, acquiring qualifications or degrees? Um, I, I prefer to look at this uh, micro-credential and any online initiative, mm-hmm. uh, including MOOC, as to uh, complement complement um, yeah complement rather than uh, replacing mm. um, i think uh, we still need i think the traditional uh, university will exist for still for a long time mm. and uh, having micro credential mooc and uh, online other online initiative including uh, open educational resources oer I think recently the minister talked about inclusive open educational resources in one of his presentation, I think in, in UNESCO recently. So currently, um, for those who are not familiar with the development in online education, micro-credential is perhaps the new kids on the block, lah, I would say. Uh-huh. And this is a real, a real game changer, a real game changer. I, I believe very strongly this is a game changer and moving forward, everyone should look at how they can leverage. Oh, Second one is MOOC has been around since 2012 yeah. and it's still there and USM is still very much uh, continue doing MOOC as well because the target group are different. Mm. And uh, 
Then we have also open educational resources. Mm. In the early days, when online education um, came to the fore, mm. uh, MIT was, I would say, MIT was probably the early trailblazer. Yeah. They still are. Yeah. They still are they are still the, the trailblazer. Mm. Um, in, the, in the early days, they introduced open courseware, OCW. Mm. Yeah. Then yeah. UNESCO also during that time, early around that time, also championed the uh, open educational resources, OER. Okay. And these two are actually complementing each other. OER is about content. Mm. Open courseware is about the whole course. And then later on, it evolved into con- the MOOC concept, Massive Open Online Course, where MIT open up their courses to the public, some of the courses, and they get millions, thousands, and millions of people around the world registered in the course. One of the highest MOOC, uh, one of the most popular MOOC has 3 million students I see. in the course. The, course. the name of the course is Learning How to Learn uh, <laughs> by... by uh, forgot the name. Um, so... Um, around around that time when in, when MOOC you know uh, ex- exploded, there's a lot of conversation or discussion about whoa now online education become very popular. Will the university now would cease to exist? Mm. Uh, I, I wrote a blog article about that. Uh, mm. You can read actually on my blog about the uh, MOOC and how it can uh, complement the traditional education rather than substituting, rather than replacing or substituting. So it's not about replacement. It's not about substitution, but it's about, to me, uh, complementing and and uh, kind of uh, provide more value to mm. what we do. So the online education, just uh, I reiterate the point that I made earlier, the, that Online education, online learning, online courses, online content would actually complement and add value to what we do in the classroom. Mm. And online education or online learning is also about the original philosophy. It's about widening access. Mm. Widening access to people around the world so that we can realize the SDG, the Sustainable Development Goal 4, number 4, which to provide quality education, mm. inclusive education for everyone, education for all. The original one was uh, the, the tagline by UNESCO uh, around year, forgot the year, is education for all. Mm. Yeah? And that evolved into SDG number four mm. out of the 17 SDG. So SDG number four is about quality education, not only providing quality education, but everyone will have access to it. So that is education for all. Inclusive. Wow. Inclusive means uh, everyone with different social background, socioeconomic background, uh, anyone with uh, you know, different abilities, uh, normal students so-called, then student that has some disabilities, impaired vision, impaired hearing, and so on. So that's the, the, the spirit of inclusiveness. In order to provide quality inclusive education, widening access, providing the flexibility as well, and affordability, the traditional model of education, the face-to-face traditional model, may not be able to meet this. 
and therefore this is where the online education can complement because we can bring this online education uh, as long as there is an internet connectivity of course mm. there's still a digital divide digital divide issue that we have to address but mm. this is closing now it's closing very fast so i think some people say every time when we talk about online learning they oh some people don't have access to it mm. so my 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 uh my way of countering this this kata, so do you want to wait until everyone will have access <laughs> then only yeah. go online yeah kan yeah. kita boleh mula from now we can start right. from now right. and those who have access okay those who don't have access hopefully sooner or later they will have access to it Mm. So inshallah, I think it's about flexibility, accessibility, affordability, yeah. and widening access of education to everyone. That's the spirit behind it. Right, right. So it's is complement, not compete, yeah, Prof. Complement, not compete. I think that's a good way to summarize it. <laughs> I not only competing. have. Sorry. Not comp- not competing, but complementing. Yeah. Complementing. I only have um, one more last question for you. But before okay. that, I'd just like to try and summarize the three uh, previous um, uh, key points from uh, this conversation. The online education, uh, online learning moving forward will enrich and add value to the overall learning experience. However, yeah. upskilling needs to continue so that we can use the tools effectively. I think that's the first key point. Um, number two is on the power of micro-credentials uh, from the way that it unbundles and empowers the learner. There's an element of flexibility of uh, self-driven learning, uh, wider access to education, as well as cost and matter of scale in giving access to more people. Yeah, And number three, just what we've touched earlier, is on how micro-credentials and MOOCs will complement instead state of competing with traditional higher education. Um, is, is, is this, this, these key points are, are my key takeaways, at least from my notes, uh, Prof, uh, and, and greatly appreciate your, your, your sharing on this one. So my last question, the audience of this podcast are mostly uh, professionals who are working, uh, who are raising families with many commitments. Um, that they are still wondering about their ability to undertake uh, part-time learning. So, but there has been quite a surge in terms of self-driven learning coming out of the lockdown, uh, and many people are considering these options. What is your advice for people who are considering micro-credentials as a route to feed their curiosity and thirst for lifelong learning? Yeah, I, I believe uh, this, <clears throat> but my co-credential, uh, as I always say, is a game changer uh, because of the flexibility it provides. So the, the key is actually the flexibility that allow uh, people, especially working people, because mm. we understand, we realize uh, the time constraint that they have. Mm. So with that, with my co-credential, let's say, if you want to take the whole program, even you you can see now uh, some uh, universities, Malaysian universities now, uh, like I can mention here, like MMU. You mm. go to MMU website and you can see on the front page, MBA in micro-credential, offered in micro-credential format. 
and they unbundle the the MBA, the MBA consists of four courses i think mm. four courses but they unbundle the four courses into eight micro certificate and each certificate consists of x number of smaller module mm. okay so now it is possible for you to take the MBA at your own pace at your own time and mm. when and when you feel you have the the motivation and when and you don't have to pay for the whole program you only pay for the module that you are taking at that particular time yeah so this is a, re, a real so called learning on demand just in time just in case just in time just enough and just for me very personalized mm. okay mm. so um, you can also take any module or any of the eight micro certificate Mm. Uh, maybe you don't have intention to take the full MBA, but we just want to take one particular certificate. You mm. can also do that. So that's a kind of flexibility that we have now. I think we should really leverage, uh, grab that opportunity because mm. for every single thing that you do, the module that you do, you will get a, a digital badge. Yeah. And this digital badge is recognized um, by the university. Uh, and then you can share your digital badge on your social learning, social media platform, LinkedIn, for example. Yeah. LinkedIn, if you go to LinkedIn, uh, if you just browse uh, some of the people there, mm. probably you will come across some people who, uh, who display the digital badge on their profile. Yeah, I noticed and that. And when you, when you click that, you will, uh, you will get to see the details of what is the, the, the metadata in the, in the digital badge. What is the module that they? What are the skills that they have acquired, and and other things? That's the 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 way uh, the future. I mean, will will move towards that uh, direction. Mm. Um, so uh, it is possible. I want to share a personal story. Yeah? Mm. It is possible to learn just about anything in online now, whether it's for personal development or for professional development, upskilling or reskilling. Yeah. Many years ago, uh, I wanted to learn. <laughs> how to do stock trading i see and if if people who know me they know that i don't like to talk about money mm. uh, and i i don't know much about all these things related to money mm. let alone stock trading mm. i had zero knowledge on stock trading but uh, i have reason to learn about stock trading because uh, because of something so, mm. so i thought okay i want to challenge myself now um, actually my my children three of them mm. went to a course very expensive they have to pay like four five thousand to learn about stock I trading i see uh, so I, I said i don't have time to go to that courses you know mm. so but i will challenge myself now to learn online mm. from zero and until i become a hero <laughs> zero to hero <laughs> so i took yeah. five online courses on the platform called Udemy, Udemy, uh -huh. yeah. Udemy, took five courses. Uh, then it took me about three months or maybe slightly more mm. to go through the five courses until I have the confidence. Then I opened the account. I took two days leave. Mm. Then I did three trading. 
I did three trading and all the trading with good profit. The first one, about 25% profit. Wow. <laughs> second and the third one is about 10, 11% profit. I see. And then I stopped. I just wanted to prove a point mm. that anyone can learn something from zero to hero in uh, online learning. The main thing, the key is you must have reason to learn. Yeah. You must have reason and a clear, uh, a clear reason and motivation to yeah. learn about something that you really want to learn. If you are highly motivated, and I can guarantee you can learn just about anything yeah. through online learning. The only key is motivation. That's all. You must have clear reason right. why you want to learn. Right. <laughs> Clarity. Purpose and motivation, yeah, yeah Prof. Yes, yes. Wow. Okay, Prof. It's driven by your own motivation, yeah. Yeah. Um, and thanks for sharing your story. <laughs> I would have continued <laughs> playing if I were trading if I were you, though. <laughs> I would stop. Yeah. I think when I retire next year, probably I will revisit revisit that. And uh, because I find that if you really have solid knowledge, you can actually make money. Doing stock trading, hmm. but of course uh, there are there are a lot of uh, kata, tips lah. You know, of course, the, your emotion and so on. You must you must control <laughs> and and you must really know what you are doing. Hmm. So I will revisit that maybe. <laughs> yeah, inshallah. Um, with that, uh, Prof Karim, I would like to express my utmost gratitude for the time that you've recorded for this sharing, especially with the insights that you've shared um, at, the, at the middle of the action in micro-credential development in the country. Um, and I'm sure your sharing today will inspire many out there, not just learners, especially educators who are charting their path towards excellence as well. Thank you so much, Professor Karim. My pleasure, my pleasure. Thank you for having me once again, uh, Saudara Asrif. Uh, keep on doing this. It's very good yeah, uh, to share knowledge uh, with the public. Alhamdulillah. Thank you. Take care, Prof. Have a nice weekend. Okay, thank you. Assalamualaikum. Assalamualaikum. Have a nice day. Nice weekend. Thank you. <laughs>